You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Well, before Natalie comes up to preach, I want to briefly share the last kind of important announcement around the Love Foco Resource Center. You know, I've been taking time each Sunday morning and a lot of time at Vision Night to talk about the Love Foco Resource Center. This morning, I'm going to talk about the cost, and I'm going to talk about ways that you can begin to participate. The cost and ways you can participate. We talked about this a lot on Wednesday night at Vision Night. We recorded that, and soon I'll send in all church email with all the links to every Sunday message that I've had leading up to this very Sunday as well as Vision Night. Um, and you'll be getting that as well as a, an introduction to the website that Matt created called lovefoco.com. He had the foresight to buy that web address a long time ago and we were updating it with all the information. Um, but you may have already seen there's a pledge card in the chair, in the pocket right in front of you. If you want to go ahead and grab that, it looks like this. You can pull it out and take a look at it as I share some information. And if you're tuning in online, you can go to lovefoco.com right now. A lot of the information that I'm sharing will be at lovefoco.com, and you can follow that on the online link as well. You'll see on this card that the initial goal is to raise $3 million in 24 months. $3 million in 24 months. And you'll also see and read that this isn't the scope of the entire project because the city is eventually going to require us to address this giant sea of concrete out here called our parking lot. And there's a lot of city codes that we have to meet in order to get that to an appropriate space. But we have some fantastic news. And the news is this, that the city is going to put that towards the tail end of the sequence so we can completely renovate the Love Foco Resource Center, get it open so that we can begin serving Northern Colorado before we have to address the incredible infrastructure cost of the parking lot. And that's really, really good news. Um, And I want to talk this morning about ways, again, that you can participate starting today, but also what this is going to look like moving forward. So let's start by talking about what $3 million in 24 months will do. I just briefly mentioned it, but it will completely and totally renovate the building that was donated to our church. Everything will be fixed. All the city codes inside that building will be met and the doors will be open so that collectively with our other nonprofit partners, we can begin to serve up to 1,500 families a month. And that'll be the first thing that we're able to do. Of course, introducing them to the life of our local church and most importantly, the love of Jesus Christ. That we are serving because we've met Jesus and we found out he really cares about serving the under-resourced in our community. During this first phase of the $3 million, we're also going to get a chance to update the exterior of all of our buildings so that we can begin to implement what we're calling our campus cohesion plan. Because if you haven't noticed, or maybe you've just been here for a while and you've forgotten, when you park in that parking lot after you kind of dodge potholes so you don't break an ankle or get baptized on accident when that parking lot fills up with water, that's a real thing. It actually happens. If you haven't been here for that, I just wait till the spring. Um, but all of our buildings, they look dramatically different. We have three buildings now. We've been spoiled from the Lord. We have three buildings on our campus, but they all look radically different. And we want to create a warm and inviting atmosphere, no matter which building you're at, so that every time you're on our campus, it feels like you're at the vineyard. 
And we can invite you from one building to the next to the next so that we can, again, offer this comprehensive care and spiritual need to everyone who calls our space home. I've got some quick visuals for you. This is the current state of our buildings. Um, these are what our buildings currently look like. And, you know, there's mixed reactions to that. Some are like, well, it doesn't look like a church. That's really, really great. And others are like, that doesn't look sacred at all. And I'm not sure what those buildings are. Uh, but I will tell you, I'm so thankful for them. I'm so thankful for them. And, you know, when you start with one of those buildings being donated, everything else is kind of icing on top of the cake. And so that's a really, really good news. But I am excited to bring a sense of cohesion behind our entire campus. And through our design team and with the goal, again, of creating a church plan that doesn't just impact our generation, but is passed down for generations and generations to come. I, I shared a sweet little anecdote. I was having lunch with a pastor of a, a church in Longmont. His church has been around for 142 years. Our church has been around for 40, almost 41. And the only way we ever get to 142 is if we steward all of the things that God has given to us for his glory. Well, with the help of our design team, this is going to be the future look of our three buildings. Why don't you throw that next slide up there? This is the Love Foco Resource Center. This is the, uh, the warehouse, what's commonly called as the warehouse. Young Life offices out of that space as well. Our youth and young adults and overflow space for conferences meet there. And that's our main campus as well. And I don't know how that hits you. I've seen these pictures a lot. I still love them. I still love them every time we look at it. It's the same color scheme everywhere. That dark color with the cedar accent for warmth. Some landscaping to help people feel at ease and... You know, it's a shocker, but just like putting our name by the front doors is helpful so that people know where to go. I mean, mind-boggling, right? But yeah, that would be a really, really good thing. Signage is important. So phase one, again, of the Love Foco Giving Campaign, it gets all of these spaces finished. It gets uh, the Love Foco Giving or Resource Center, excuse me, renovated, and all of that happens $3 million in 24 months, and we just feel like the Lord is saying, now is the time. Now is the time to go all in on this space that we've called home for so long to renovate, update, so that we can begin to serve our community together in more dynamic ways. And there's a lot to say in the future about parking lot requirements and how our green space will work together between all the buildings, all the city codes like permeable and impermeable concrete, or the fact that we need pedestrian access and Emergency vehicle access, we, we currently don't have those up to city code, so we'll have to work on those details. And again, you, you'll learn about more of that if you watch the Vision Night recording. But I just wanted to show you this morning that phase one is going to be an incredible ministry, or the beginning of an incredible ministry in and through this church. After service today, about 15 minutes or so after I mingle and chat with everybody, we're actually going to unlock the doors of the Love Foco Resource Center. We'll give you a tour. And it's pretty gnarly in there. You'll see where some of that money is going to go. Um, but it's going to be a great way for you to ask questions and maybe see that space and get acquainted with the Love Foco Resource Center. Let me kind of wrap this announcement part of it up by just encouraging you this morning to join the vineyard as we launch into this giving campaign. There's three ways that you can participate in the Love Foco giving campaign. I would encourage you to participate in all three of them. And the best way to think about it is to think about golf. Think about the Professional Golf Association, PGA. That acronym is going to, for us, is going to stand for Pray, 
give, and advocate. This is what we're inviting you to do. We're inviting you to pray, give, and advocate. Listen, the reality is that big vision requires big prayers. And right now, we're on this, uh, this launch pad, stepping into the Love Foco Resource Center, and the devil doesn't want us to move forward in this. And we're beginning to experience uh, some spiritual warfare around this. You know, the reality is that, that Satan likes inconsequential churches. Churches that aren't motivated to join God's mission and transform all things. Churches that um, are easily forgotten. And the minute we drew a line in the sand and we said, we want to join God's mission of transforming all things, and we want to dedicate an entire building of ours to serving the under-resourced in our community, pointing them to the love of Jesus Christ, then it kind of became game on, and we painted a target on our own backs in some way. And we need prayer. We need you to continue praying for this process, for favor with the city, uh, for generosity to be poured out, and for our leadership team, because we are beginning to experience what we would call spiritual warfare. I'm also asking you to give. That's the second letter in PGA. G is for give. The reality is facilities are necessary to facilitate ministry. And we're ready to dedicate a third of our space to caring for the under-resourced in our community. And none of it happens without our collective and sacrificial generosity. If you take a look at that pledge card, you'll see there's a lot of different ways you can give. You can make an initial gift to get us started. Those are really important because they help us pay for some of the initial fees like demolition and, and architecture and design fees, as well as they provide space for grants to see that we have skin in the game and we're, we're able to receive some of those matching grants. But you can also make um, pledges for future donations. Maybe you know there's a tax return coming. Maybe you know there's a bonus coming. Maybe you know there's something happening in your future and you can't give the, the fullness of your gift today, but you can give something in the future. That's a great way to take advantage of those pledges. And I just want to say your generosity will have a direct and immediate impact on our community. These are the folks that we drive past every single day. These are the folks that we work with and we live by and we serve and we care for and we engage with in our city. That's where your generosity is going to go. And when you give, I would, ex I would expect that you will receive some kind of blessing from God. Now, I'm not a prosperity gospel guy. We're not a prosperity gospel kind of church. But there's enough scripture that it makes a pretty clear case that when you sacrificially give, God blesses you. And I don't know what that's going to look like. As you give, you might experience God's peace in your life where there once was stress or anxiety. As you give, you might experience a new spiritual hunger and a new spiritual thirst for the word of God, for the place of prayer. You may experience his presence in a new kind of way. You'll definitely begin fighting against the love of money, which honestly, like our culture is known for. Every time you give, you fight against the love of money. You could experience freedom from that. All of those things could be yours, but one thing I know for sure is that you cannot outgive God's blessing on your life. You can't. And I wouldn't be surprised if you stumbled into all kinds of spiritual growth and fruit from this endeavor. As I've prayed about this and leading up to Vision Night as well as this morning, I, I think the Lord is already speaking to some of us about ways that we can engage. And one of the things I feel like that's really kind of on my heart is to pray for Barnabas givers, to pray for Barnabas givers. If you've ever read the book of Acts, this is the, 
the, uh, the book of the Bible that talks about the birth of the early church. And in Acts 4, there's a gentleman named Barnabas who sells a whole field and gives it to the early church. And I think that among us, either in this room or online, or people that we haven't even met yet, there are people called to be Barnabas givers. That whatever that proverbial field is for you, that you're called to sell it all and give it to the poor. And this would be a context to make that happen. Projects like Love Foco, of course, they require some really significant gifts, some six-figure gifts. We're still looking for our first like $250,000 to $500,000 gift to make this happen. But it's also going to take a whole bunch of people giving monthly or, or giving $1,000 or $5,000 or $10,000 or $25,000 over the course of the next few years. It's going to take an entire church coming together. And I love that in Scripture, Jesus makes it very clear that it's not about the total dollar amount that you give, but it's about the heart with you give. That even if you don't have a lot, if you give out of a place of love and sacrifice, that God accounts it to your heavenly blessing. Something happens when we collectively give together. All gifts can be made to Vineyard Church of the Rockies with Love Foco in the memo line. If you give online, we have a drop-down button for Love Foco. We would encourage you to do that as well. We're inviting people to pray and to give in the next couple of weeks or at least turn in their pledge cards. That allows us to kind of know the progress we've made and what kind of next steps we can take as a church. And that brings me to the final letter, the letter A, which is for advocate. Pray, give, and advocate. We are inviting you to advocate on our behalf. We want to exhaust every possible resource that's available to us, and you can help us by advocating for this cause. There there are believers outside of our church who want to care for the poor. There are believers who don't call this church their home, who want to serve the under-resourced in our community, and we're inviting you to advocate on our behalf. Talk to them about what's happening with the Love Foco Resource Center. And when we share info with you, just forward that email. Just forward that information on and advocate on our behalf. And here's something that I'm really looking forward to because I'm evangelistically bent and I love sharing the love of Jesus with folks who don't yet follow him is there are non-Christians who want to give back. There are people who don't yet follow Jesus that would be captivated by kingdom people and churches who actually took the teachings of Jesus serious, seriously when he said to care for the least of these among you. This is a compelling vision, and if you will be bold and you will advocate on our behalf, I think we'll all be surprised at how often people get on board with the Love Foco Resource Center. So I'm just inviting you this morning to talk to your parents to talk to your coworkers and your neighbors, your bosses, whatever kind of relational network you have. Talk to your friends or your frenemies. It doesn't matter. Talk to them all. And if you throw a party and you collect a variety of people in your home for a meal to learn about Love Focal Resource Center, you can invite me and I'll make the ask. I'll relieve you of the awkward thing where you invite people to financially give. I happen to really like talking about this kind of stuff. And I love discipling people away from the love of money and towards the love of Jesus Christ. And so if you throw a party, I'll come and I'll make the ask. And then when I leave, you can blame everything on me. It's okay. (laughs) But by you advocating on our behalf, you will help us to transform the lives of up to 1,500 families a month in 
and around Fort Collins. Listen, I am so excited about the future of this church. And from the depths of my heart, I am so excited that we get to do these things together. That it's all of us uniting together to advance the kingdom of God and care for our city and the greater Larimer County area. Again, if you're here in this room, grab that pledge card, pray about that. Pray about giving to that. Pray about advocating to that. But also, if you're online, let me just... Let me just share with you, this is your church too. This is your church too, and we would invite you to pray, give, and advocate in the same exact way that I'm inviting everybody here in this room to participate as well. Join us in the mission of transforming all things. This is what God has before us, and I know collectively will make an incredible impact for generations and generations to come. Let's pray. God, thank you for your presence among us. Thank you for a building that was donated to us. Thank you that we get the honor and the privilege of stewarding that space for your kingdom. Help us to do it with love. Help us to do it with in an invitational heart. And help us to do it in a way that honors and glorifies your name for generations to come. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm so excited about all that God is doing through our church, through Northern Colorado, through this building. Um, We have a really great adventure ahead of all of us. Um, Well, as Jeff said, I'm Natalie. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard and his wife. Um, And it's great to be with you all this morning. Um, Today, I'm going to be wrapping up our series on Unsung Heroes. This has been a very sweet series, and I think it's really important for all of us. It's important to pay attention to all areas of scripture and not just like skim past it and skip past these little moments, these comments or phrases that take place. Uh, Like the unsung heroes we've looked at this month, most of us are quietly following the Lord day in, day out, and wondering if anyone will ever notice all that we do. Maybe you often feel unseen or even unknown, but these unsung heroes, they're written into the living word of God, and that changes things for us because that means that he sees us, right? And that means that he knows us. We are known. Well, some of the most amazing unsung heroes of our day are moms, I can feel this deeply as I reflect on raising my own children. When my kids were young, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I I had a beautiful opportunity to do this. Uh, It did mean that, that we went down to one income, which required us to simplify our life, but we were so thankful that we could figure it out. My days were filled with, like, reading stories, singing songs, creating art, prepping meals, and cleaning bottles, and all the things involved, right? Well, for a little bit of extra cash, I even ended up nannying for a good friend, and I watched their little boy, and this was before our youngest was born. Um, So that meant that I spent my days with three kids under the age of three. I know, it was so, I loved it deeply. I loved every bit of it. But it was like, unless they were all sleeping, someone always needed me. 
I mean, I remember lining them all up on the floor, like one after the other, and doing like a triple diaper change. <laughs> and, and you kind of just make it through it, and you're like, wait, what did I just do? That was a big rush, you know? You just got to get it all done at once. You might as well. Um, but I figured it out, and I got pretty good at planning all the activities and creating routines for our days. I, one of the things I loved to do was getting the kids outside. Um, it really helped our day. And so one of our favorite activities was going to the Kansas City Zoo. We lived about 10 minutes from the zoo, so it was pretty great. And we had a pass, which was even greater, because that meant it didn't matter if we lasted for hours or like a crazy meltdown happened and we could only last for 20 minutes. Uh, it was great. I, I, just think about this, though, with me. Moms. We all know how challenging it is to get three kids under three ready for anything, let alone the zoo. And by the way, no one saw me doing any of this. No one, no one saw me, no one watched me, and being a mom is filled with unsung moments. So I'm gonna just paint a picture of me going to the zoo, okay? So I'd feed the kids and then feed them breakfast and I'd clean up after that. I'd pack snacks, I'd fill a bag with bottles and water and diapers and wipes and changes of clothes for all three kids because you really never know what kind of blowouts are going to happen. You just don't know. And then I put sunscreen on all the kids, put them each in their car seats because we're talking three under three, and I'd take multiple trips like out to the car and like lock them in and get them in place. And then I'd load the double stroller, which strollers were a lot heavier, and they're, they're so light now. And it was like double wide, and I'd pick it up and carry it and put it into my little Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> and we'd drive to the zoo. And once we'd arrive, it'd be two kids in the stroller, one in the carrier, and off we went. We'd just like dive right in. There's the polar bear. Let's go. And it was quite a rush. Again, it was quite a rush and almost totally unsung. But... It all mattered. Most of the time, no one knew or saw how much I did while I was at home. Jeff tried to know all the things, right? He tried, and we had conversations about our days, but there's no way he felt or knew the experience. Most people don't know all the details of our lives. That, that goes for a lot of us in this room and for all of you tuning in online. There are so many details that go unnoticed, unseen, even unrecognized. This brings me to our scripture passage for this morning. Our scripture highlights two unsung heroes, one named Lois and one named Eunice. And again, if you read too fast, you're just going to skip right over them. People don't know Lois or Eunice very well, but their grandson or son is named Timothy. Timothy was a leader in the early church, and he even has a book of the Bible named after him. But behind every upfront leader, there's a host of unsung heroes behind them. Listen to 2 Timothy 1, 3-7. This is, this is a letter written from Paul to Timothy. It says this, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. 
I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul is reminding Timothy of a generational faith. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget your calling. You have this faith in you that is strong. As we focus on Lois and Eunice, it's clear that they were very instrumental in Timothy coming to faith in Jesus. These women were both spiritual leaders who passed down their faith to Timothy. And I doubt that they ever imagined the profound ways he would share the gospel or that there would even be a book of the Bible named after him. You can't imagine these things. While Timothy, he was raised by his mother and grandmother. His father actually passed away early on in his life. And when Paul came around and saw his great faith, he kind of took him under his wing. He discipled him. He mentored him. And he even took Timothy with him on his missionary journeys. Paul taught him how to lead the church in Ephesus. And he poured his life into him in very profound ways. But in this letter to Timothy, Paul is reminding us to remember our ancestors, to think about all the unsung heroes who have gone before us and have paved a way for our faith to flourish and stand strong. Paul is even intentional about naming names. He didn't just like say, remember those who've gone before you. He called them by name. Look at verse 5 again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. We can, le we can learn so much from Lois and Eunice. The first thing to learn is the importance of teaching the scriptures to the next generation. Eunice and Lois taught the scriptures to Timothy. They planted seeds that lasted beyond a lifetime, and there is a clear invitation for all of us to invest in the next generation. This is one of the reasons that we offer multiple discipleship opportunities here at our church. If you, if you haven't been through Alpha, I highly recommend it. it. You'll have space to have great conversations and community and and you'll get into the scriptures in a really sweet way to look at your, to encourage you to grow in your faith in Jesus. And it's also a really great place to bring your friends. Um, I also lead a class every spring and fall where we look at the scriptures to learn healthy rhythms to help us engage with the world around us. We also, we also have small groups here at the church who read scripture and encourage each other on our faith journeys and if you don't know where to begin with that, next week we're actually having small group promo, and I would love to have a conversation with you about that and help you get connected and plugged in. Like Lois and Eunice, we have to be about the Bible. We have to teach and learn and pass on the scriptures. 
Not only the scriptures, though, but like Lois and Eunice, you can also pass on your faith. Now, it sounds a lot like pass on the scriptures because the Bible informs our faith, but they're actually different. You can pass on the scriptures without passing on your faith, but the next generation needs both of these things. There's an experience that both Lois and Eunice had with the Lord that impacted them and filled them with great faith in the Lord. These women were both Jewish, and they, were likely, they, they likely studied the Old Testament quite a bit. They knew the scriptures well, but it was their faith in Jesus. Even during the Roman Empire, which made it actually really hard to be a believer in their cultural setting, as there would have been a lot of opposition thrown at them, but their faith survived it all. This says a lot about how strong Lois and Eunice were as devoted women to the Lord. I mean, if you've ever spent time with anyone who is filled with great faith and devotion to the Lord, there is something about them, their hope and their steadiness, that is just contagious. You want to take it in. It makes the challenges of this world not seem so big. You know those type of people. To see and experience people who are filled with faith, that is so powerful. And this is the type of faith that these two unsung heroes had. Now, at the same time, there are some of you, or maybe many of you, who haven't had faith passed down to you, or maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. We're going to create space for you to do just that in a little bit and create space for you to pray and give your life to Jesus and start your faith journey today. Every Sunday, we create space for this to take place, and I would love for you to consider a life of faith in Jesus this morning. I also, I also recognize that we have parents and grandparents with us this morning who can be more intentional about passing down your faith to the next generation. And here's the great thing. You can be a spiritual grandparent without being a natural one. So there are so many children, teenagers, and young adults who need spiritual leaders in their life and mentors in their life. And this is an invitation right here for all of us to invest our lives in the people around us. Like Lois and Eunice, you might not ever know the impact or see the impact of passing down your faith. You, it could be filled with so many unsung moments as well, but you will not ever regret it. We all have an invitation to be intentional with our faith. And finally, we have to realize that part of passing down our faith means that we eventually have to let go. Lois and Eunice needed to let Timothy go with Paul, and eventually we need to do the same thing. We need to trust our children to someone else's spiritual authority. There was a level of trust that was clearly built between these two women and Paul that allowed them to say goodbye to their son and grandson. They trusted Timothy to follow Paul's leadership to go out and share the gospel with the nations. And let me just be direct for just a minute because you might, you might want your kids to have a spiritual mentor, but maybe they haven't seen you reach out to have a mentor yourself. If you haven't had a mentor or spiritual leader in your life, I want to encourage you to find one. Go for it and do it. Your kids will see you do this, and they will see the benefit, and maybe prioritize it themselves. It will give them permission 
getting a personal mentor will encourage your kids to seek wisdom from someone else. And again, these are important lessons that we can learn from Lois and Eunice. They have a lot to pass down to us. Talk about your faith. Read the scriptures together. Study the scriptures together. Share stories of what God has done in and through you and pray for the next generation. You can use the phrase, can I pray for you right now? An unsung hero in my life is my grandma. I have her, I brought her Bible with me this morning. It was a gift after she passed away. Um, She just passed away this last year and we had the chance to visit her a couple months before she died. During our visit, she told us that she had a prayer list and that she prayed for us every day. This was complete news to me. I had no idea because the only time I saw my grandma pray was reciting prayers at church or saying grace before a meal at like Christmas or something. I don't ever remember talking about my faith with my grandma. And when she shared this, I remember I just got really emotional. It brought me to tears in that moment. I had no idea that this was a part of her life. I mean, I knew she attended the local church and that she had spiritual friends in that community, but I had no idea what her personal faith life was like. And this had a huge impact on me. I left this visit with my grandma feeling so encouraged in my faith. I I felt supported and I felt uplifted knowing that I was prayed for by her. My grandma... She had been ready to pass for a while at this point in her life when we visited. She even said to me when we visited, I don't know why God is still keeping me here. I'm ready to go. She was, and she said it more tired and drawn. But, but that conversation, those final conversations and experiences, they created space for her to be known. It was very sweet. I also feel so empowered by her prayers, and I feel empowered in a whole new way to carry the gospel with me wherever I go. There's a new level of understanding, knowing the generations who've gone before me and who've prayed for me. There's a different understanding that I carry with me today. I was able to share this story at her funeral, which was very sweet, and I got to sing one of her favorite hymns. It's called Just As I Am that she used to sing with all her friends. It's a really, it's a beautiful hymn. At her memorial, I even found out, I even found out that she actually preached a sermon at her church. I had no clue. Again, I'm finding out so much stuff. Even more, the sermon that she preached was dedicated to calling people to generosity as they were building an addition to their church to care for kids. The way she was described at her funeral, the stories that were told, the notes she'd written down were filled with a passion for the next generation of believers and caring for the poor. I didn't even know that she had a life verse. She had a life verse, which was Micah 6, 8. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This verse has carried down through my family, and I I really resonate with it very deeply. Even what we're doing here, 
at our local church through the Love Foco Resource Center, things like this have been prayed for by my grandma. Her faith impacted me in very unknown and unsung ways. And I wonder how many stories we could write in this room. How many stories we could tell right here from generations past. As I close, I want you to know that your faith will impact the generations to come. This also means that your faith isn't just for you. It's not just for you. One of the blessings of our church is this room is filled with generations of faith. Some are first believers in your family line, and you're starting this new legacy of faith, and others are continuing a generational blessing for years to come. What a celebration. I mean, if you look around the room, like just... Take a moment to look around the room and see the generations that are here. How can you be like Lois and Eunice? How can you position yourself to pass on your faith? It starts with studying the scriptures, sharing your faith, and trusting your loved ones to other spiritual leaders. Who has gone before you, and who will you go before? Let's pray.